Welcome to our renewal interview presented by Team for the Soul. And this is a space when Oasis in the midst of action, bringing tips and renewal nuggets for givers. You might be an educator or a healthcare provider or a spiritual care provider or a leader or an entrepreneur or parent. And this interview is for you bringing experts, which are givers, to share from their experience and expertise so that we can get extra support and inspiration for our own renewal journey. And today, I have the pleasure to introduce John Scotland, who has worked for 20 years as a psychosynthesis trainer, is a therapist, educator, and mentor. And I had the pleasure to learn from him and become a psychosynthesis certified life coach and afterwards to assist him in his program. So I got to know John and he's just a fantastic human being. Just a little bit about his background. He studied at Concord Institute and served as a president and senior trainer at the Synthesis Center for many years. He has also been an adjunct faculty member and guest lecturer in transpersonal psychology at Sophia University and American International College. And he's currently the director at Synthesis Northeast and teaches psychosynthesis and leadership development also at the Psychospiritual Institute in Florida. And John has dedicated his life and work to personal and group development, including the human potential to experience healing, love, beauty, fulfillment, harmony, and belonging. And he currently works and writes and hikes and plays tennis in Vermont, where he lives with his wife, Lynn, and their two dogs. And I'm going to welcome John to our presentation today. Welcome, John. Hi, welcome, John. So great to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. It's great to see you. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be together. So thanks for the invitation. Yes, yes. Thank you, John. And tell me what's been going on and changes in updates. I know I've worked in your training program and, and trained, get trained by you in psychosynthesis. And it's just such a joy to, to reconnect after several years now. So yeah, same here, same here. So, um, you know, I had, when we were first reconnecting, I had started to mention that I've made some shifts in my life. And, you know, and so I feel like things have opened up for me this year because of, of a decision that I made to look at um, the things that require, what, what was requ being required of me for, for each part of my life in which I was making an investment. And for where I was making a commitment, because, because until I understood sort of the magnitude and the scope of what's required of me, it's not just how many things you're doing in your life that matters. Right. It's what, how much each thing requires of you. Right, right. Very so, well said. Yeah. And so once I had that lens and started to look at my life through that lens, I kind of, um, you know, I, I decided to take a sabbatical this year because I've been directing and running training programs in psychosynthesis for about 20 years, either as the director or the co-director, whatever it was. And um, that that could, you know, that it's, it's a pretty big undertaking. It's a year long intensive training. You've been through it. Yes. Um, and then you came back as an assistant. So you have some idea of, of, you know, what's involved. It's, um, it just, it kind of, um, it's, it's incredibly rewarding work. 
and it requires a lot of input on my part. Yeah. So, you know, um, I was thinking about this whole question of burnout because you brought out like, how do people sustain themselves in their work and in their life? Um, and I think some of it's just like paying attention to, to output, you know, what's, what's required of you, how much are you having to put out in order to maintain and do what you're doing? So anyway, this year I'm taking a sabbatical on the, uh, on being director of a training institute for the first time in, you know, like 20 years. Yeah. And is yeah. the program still running or you'll come back afterwards? Um, so we we typically would have started up a program this spring which we're not doing um and uh so i'm on a nine month sabbatical so we're looking at the possibility of starting a training group again in the fall okay and and you know and and then i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to have some conversations on our training team about roles and responsibilities because i've gotten very accustomed to to having a certain amount of freedom <laughs> this <Yes>. year, <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm using it to do things that, that are important to me. So yes. yeah, I've, I've created space in my life and mm -hmm. other things. So part of what you're saying is preventing burnout is staying true to yourself, realizing not just what are the items on the to-do list, but whatever the project or, or, activity or involved, how much is actually requiring of you and making decisions based on that and letting go sometimes, right? For, for, and That's staying right. true to yourself. That's right. I yeah. mean, and you know, when I, when I commit to something like, like running a training institute, I'm pretty much all in kind yes. of person. So whatever it takes, I just have a very sort of a pretty deep investment and deep commitment. So it's, so it's monitoring um, the level of there's monitoring what's required of me. There's, there's also monitoring what my investment is. And so um, if a lot's required of me and I'm all in, it's going to be pretty consuming. And so I have to pay attention to how I'm, how I'm setting up my life. You know, there's other things that I, I can commit to that don't require as much of me. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's a great, right. yeah. Yeah. And that's a great segue kind of into your vocation and your journey, even into, you know, backtracking, even before you became a trainer in psychosynthesis. Can you tell, I mean, you are such, um, you're helping so many people, you're giving so much of yourself, right? And you're talking about a sense of a flow, but what has been your vocation and journey like in, and what brought you to this work of, of helping others? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, hmm, you know, I, I would say, you know, I didn't start out working in the field of mental health and psychotherapy and psychosynthesis until I was in my, you know, probably, 15, 20 years ago when I was in my early forties. Mm -hmm. And before that I had worked in education. I had worked in environmental conservation, animal protection, peace education. There was always a thread of wanting to contribute something and to be of service. Mm -hmm. So I think there's always been that impulse, which was to be of service. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would say that, that, that a parallel theme has been the theme of 
an interest in self-development and human potential. So I often looked at the world around me, for instance, or something that I was involved in or my own life. And I was interested in the what was possible. Mm -hmm. but, you know, what's the potential? I was always interested in human potential, whether it's my own potential, the potential of a relationship, the potential of a group of people with a shared vision and purpose. So I've always been drawn to that, you know, what and 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 the field that I ended up in, psychosynthesis, speaks to the potential in every system to become the most fully developed, mature version of itself. So that could be an individual person, that could be a relationship again, it could be an organization, it could be a society. Right, so all those levels, yes. Yeah. yeah, so it could be on all those levels. So I think that's what was always there. I mean, when I was in high school, I was, I, I was an athlete, so I played team sports, which isn't surprising because I was interested in what we as a group of people could accomplish if we set our minds to it. And my senior year, I was the captain of the soccer team. And so I, you know, I was sort of possessed with this vision of just seeing if we could, could make of ourselves the highest possible version of, of ourselves as a team. That's pretty cool. And for yeah. the audience who might not know about psychosynthesis, how would you describe it in a nutshell? <laughs> I know that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, so psychosynthesis is a framework for human development that includes both a psychological and a spiritual dimension, which is, I think, why I was in part drawn to that. Because I think when you're talking about questions of human potential, you don't want to leave out the spiritual dimension. Why not? It's the problem. Right, because the spiritual dimension is. I mean, you and I agree on that, but I'm curious why. Yeah, 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 why, yeah. why? So for me, the spiritual di dimension is where is where a lot of the richness is in mm -hmm. terms of um, reaching for um, an experience of connection, um, unity, qualities like um, loving kindness. It's it's really about those those the spiritual development of a person which is to move towards maturity not just in terms of ego mm -hmm. but a sense of um seeing yourself as part of a larger whole how am i part of a larger society how can i contribute to that system mm -hmm. um and so it's not spirituality that's removed it's not religion and it's not spirituality that's removed from everyday life. It's a vision of um, living according to one's highest values, you could say, and, and, and living a life that, um, that has meaning, essentially. And the higher purpose. Yeah, and the higher meaning. Yes. That's wonderful. So it sounds yeah. like you have had all throughout your life those the, the impulses in a sense for self-development and discovery, what is possible on all those levels and this impulse to be of service and bring something um, to a group, to humanity, to, to make an impact. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's very yes. Cool. That's right. That's right. And, um, and, and to hear, you know, psychosynthesis also talks about the call of self. 
And so what does it mean to have a call of self? It's, it's based on, uh, on this premise that within each person is something that wants to be expressed and realized through living our lives. And it's usually not a form like I was meant to be a bookkeeper <laughs> or a gardener. But somehow being a bookkeeper or a gardener is something allows the person to express something essential about who they are as a human being. Some, some something of their own essence. Essence and would you say also quality as opposed to roles, right? It's not about roles or functions or uh, yeah. work particular. Yeah. Right. That's right. Right. It's more about a, definitely more about a quality than a form. So it could take many different forms, but there's something that wants to be expressed and experienced. It has more to do with being than doing. Mm -hmm. in that sense. That's beautiful. And I'm so curious. How did you land in psychosynthesis? How did you find out or, or and, mm. and got to be yeah. a trainer? Yeah. So psychosynthesis um, is it's a, it's a really interesting story and journey because it's relatively unknown in the in the in this country. Not many people have heard even heard of psychosynthesis. United States. Yeah, in the United States, and it's been around for. It's much more well known in Europe. Uh, the, the person who developed psychosynthesis was uh, Dr. Roberto Assagioli. who's an Italian psychiatrist. He um, he began his work in the early part of the 20th century at the same time that Freud was developing psychoanalysis and Jung, Carl Jung was working with the collective unconscious. That's when Astrology began developing his ideas about psychosynthesis, this integrated broad framework of human development that includes psychological and spiritual dimension. So um, I had never heard of it uh, either when I was studying psychology and then um, when I, when I, in the kind of somewhere around, oh, I don't know, 20 or 25 years ago, I went back to school for a master's degree in psychology. And I had just heard about psychosynthesis. I knew some colleagues and, and some educators who were involved in this work. I signed up for a training program. And uh, the first nice. weekend I went to, I knew it's exactly what I wanted to do. And I wondered oh why. Yeah, I knew, I knew immediately that it was a path that was going to help me understand some really vital things about myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it just, it was a framework that invited me to, um, to, to, to begin to learn, to understand how to turn towards who I was. And to experience everything fully. I don't know if you've ever read Rilke's Letters to a Young Poet. He's saying where he talks about, you know, the point now is you don't have all the answers. You must learn to love the questions themselves. Right, right. And the point is to live everything fully. And psychosynthesis was that invitation in the framework. Well, how do you do that? How do you live everything fully? And psychosynthesis laid out a framework and a vision of how a person might do that. And I think in particular, because I was going through a hard transition in my life, I was going through a divorce, you know, there's a certain amount of suffering and loss that we experience in life. And there was something that, uh, you know, I picked up from Buddhist traditions and meditation, how to be with suffering. 
thing about psychosynthesis that I immediately resonated with is that it also included this psychological dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, how to, how to, how to work with the, all the different parts of, of your own psyche, all your right. impulses. Mm-hmm. You continue to develop psychologically, yes. Yeah, so how is a person going to develop and grow psychologically? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of suffering has to do with deep pain and wounding that people experience mm-hmm. that it never really gets addressed or healed. You said there was a moment in your life when you were stuck. Yeah, so, there, so there was a moment in my life, a very difficult time in my life where I felt that, um, that I was stuck, that I was burnt out, that my life really wasn't um, moving, wasn't fulfilling, that, that I, and I think what was happening for me at the time was I, was, I, I asked myself the question, if I'm so sort of unhappy and burnt out and stuck, who's, who's steering this ship? I, and when I held that question, I was met with silence. Mm-hmm. That, and what I realized was that I had, I had been on a ship that didn't have a captain, the ship being me in my life, that there was no one directing and guiding and, and steering the ship, that I was allowing my life to move along based on just tendencies within my personality, even benign or one, even wonderful tendencies like being a loving and caring person. Mm-hmm. But those things by themselves, those tendencies unattended by self. And by that, I mean by my own, by an internal self or captain that is steering the ship meant that I was very prone to burning out or to getting into unhealthy relationships or to finding myself in untenable situations Mm -hmm. where I couldn't be successful. Mm -hmm. And it was because my life was being guided by tendencies. It's sort of like being a bottle floating on the ocean Mm -hmm. versus having a sailboat that you're skillfully directing, catching the wind and steering in a, in a, in a certain way to move through your life. So that was a really big realization for me that, that in a sense that, that I needed to develop an internal agent or captain that was going to be able to direct to, more skillfully and employ all those tendencies, but that was really coordinating and directing the ship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this is such a beautiful and important message for givers which is what the audience really supporting. And my heart goes out for people exactly because I've been there myself, right? We have those tendencies of giving, wanted to support others. And nonetheless, we become a magnet for other people's needs. And without that steering wheel and the captain, it can become so easily that we just move with no directions. And it's just a powerful, and you had that waking up moment. And this is where you're connected with psychosynthesis. Is that what you're? That's, that's what eventually led me to psychosynthesis. Yeah, was that piece. So I, I would encourage people and caregivers to make it, be able to make a distinction between your tendencies, your natural tendencies to want to be of service and who you are as a self, the mm-hmm. self who has these tendencies and can choose in any given moment 
the most skillful and sustainable way to to work with these tendencies in your life the best you can in a reasonable way that works for you yeah this is so powerful and it's important for caregivers or any type of givers i mean it could be working in mental health or health professionals or spiritual care givers or even in business or educators parents right there's ways that we want to overextend ourselves and without attending but through the self right that's what what you're saying that's the key ingredient. Yes, yes. And, and it gives me a place to anchor my life and myself that's distinct from my tendencies in other words if i'm identified if my primary identification is with the tendency then that tendency dominates and controls how i live and how what's going to happen to me right so my primary identification is not with the tendency i have these tendencies they don't have me in a sense right there's something that true self there's something else the will the awareness that can guide all this in a skillful way yeah exactly phrase it well thank you for sharing that early journey and as you mentioned you've been a director a co-director of of trainings ever since and what are some of the i mean you're taking a sabbatical is that more in terms of just spaciousness kind of doing nothing or is there any projects that you are doing not that one is right or one is wrong but i'm just gonna lay it out there as 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 a possibility well i can only tell you that i must be doing the most nothing of anybody i know (laughs) how is that doing nothing when i say doing a lot of nothing i'm i'm as busy as i want to be so i didn't stop teaching so i'm i'm teaching in a in the psycho spiritual institute based out of uh delray beach florida we have two full cohorts year-long psychosynthesis training groups so you might say john what kind of sabbatical is that i used to teach just one now i'm teaching is the difference is I'm not a director. I'm not an administrator. I'm simply, so all of my work now is still in psychosynthesis and it's focusing on teaching, mentoring, Mm -hmm. people who are coming up and want to deepen their studies in this work and their experience and doing clinical work. So I still meet with clients and, um, and I'm writing, I'm doing some writing projects. So those are, those are the four areas teaching, mentoring, client work, and writing. That is cool. Any little tidbits about what you're writing? <laughs> or is a, that a secret? It's okay. No, no, it's not a secret. It is, uh, there is a book in the works that's coming out um, probably sometime later this year that'll be published on um, long-term relationships through a lens of psychosynthesis. In other words, how psychosynthesis informs and is reflected in um, the experience of being in a long-term relationship and how you can be supported through the practices mm-hmm. of psychosynthesis. So, so there are so there are 11 different authors who have written chapters for this book. Um, we have a perspective title called Willing to Love. And of course, in psychosynthesis, the self is, of course, defined as love and will. So that it's a play on words, the title willing to love. So it's a book on relationships. And then um, I'm working on some some articles and short pieces just to try to bring psychosynthesis to a wider audience, not just people who come into a training program, but 
to make the language accessible and, and the material accessible to a wider public audience. That's wonderful. And then let us know when you have different articles or books, because we can definitely put them on the YouTube, you know, for the audience who is drawn to, to those renewal nuggets here and might get to know what your work is. So yeah, yeah I'd be happy to do that. Yes. Pretty cool. And part of what I'm really interested in bringing is how do people that are so thoughtful and giving like you and have mentored and trained people are actually bringing this all in together in practice in your daily life. So, you know, most of us, we learn, we can read, we can, you know, crawl on social media and Google, but there's something about learning from other people about mm-hmm. exactly how is this, how do you apply this in, in your daily life that I think that's really meaningful. So I'm really curious, what is regeneration for you and renewal? My framework, which is overlapping with so much of psychosynthesis and I'm science as well as psychology is this idea that we're integrating body, mind, thinking, heart and emotions and soul, the spirit or true self, however we call it. And I know there's many, many classifications in doing that, but in general, from the inner kind of, when someone is in action, you know, they're like, okay, what's my thought? What are my thoughts? What are my emotions? What about my body sensations and whatnot? So I'm just curious, what is your renewal like or regeneration? And I'm sure there are going to be different seasons in life, but what are some of your nuggets that could help us? So how do I regenerate, stay, charge, recharge my battery? How do I yes, sustain yes. my own work? On a daily basis. I mean, one thing that you've shared, which I thought that was so crucial, this sense of continuous evaluation. Am I aligned with my purpose and vision, right? And right. really, okay, what is this required of me? What do I keep? What do I let go? Which yeah. I think is so important. Okay, yeah, I think I get what you're going. I mean, there have been so many things over the years. I laugh because one of the first things I realized it was years ago around this question, this topic was, I felt that I that I had a problem with math because I had mastered the art of addition, but I didn't master the art of subtraction. So all I did was added and added and added and added. And then eventually, you know, without subtracting anything, I just created, you know, the conditions for being overwhelmed and for being burned out. And so I think part of it is just, um, is being able to take a level, a level-eyed view of my life, um, driven by some sort of realistic view of what's possible for me. What's a realistic way for me to live and be in the world and contribute in a sustainable way? Yes. And how does that look on a day-to-day basis? Oh, sorry. So that's, that actually relates to psychosynthesis because that's working with what's called the ideal model in psychosynthesis. So an ideal model for me is one where I am, um, I'm approaching my work and my larger life in that way, what's a sustainable way, a realistic way for me to, to live and live fully in a sustainable way. So, oh boy, um, what, I, what I've done over the years is I've, st- I've monitored and paid attention to what I need in my life in order to be well. What are the central elements in my life that I need in order to be well? 
And um, for a while, I was just keeping those in front of me all the time, all five of those things. And I had, that was essentially my vision for how I could be well in the world. And I see and, needs in terms of like uh, body needs or emotional, spiritual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there was, there was, I remember the first one was creativity, which surprised me. I've actually, it's a need for creativity, mm -hmm. um, connection. Mm -hmm. I had a need for, um, um, for spiritual infusion. I had something that I called biocharging, which meant like how I love I, that. Oh, you like that? Yeah. I it's love like, yeah. that biocharging. Biocharging. So that's everything from diet to sleep to exercise, everything I do to keep the organism in tip top shape as best I can, you know, physical and, exercise, uh, things like that. Right. Exercise. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, um, right. And so I basically tried to assess what those categories were. And whenever I wasn't feeling well, I would reference that list. And usually there was a deficiency in one or more of the categories. Mm -hmm. I either wasn't getting enough of my connection needs met. Um, maybe things had become too routine and there was no creativity. Maybe it had been about six weeks since I had sat and meditated or taken a quiet walk in the woods. So that I need that I really needed to pay attention to all of those. It was a sort of it was sort of a maintenance manual for my I own. I love life. that. So yeah. the five, just to make sure I got them right. There was a need for connection, for creativity, the biocharging. Yep, spiritual infusion. Spiritual infusion, okay. Which like and, meditation or quiet time you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Any, it could be anything like that. It, right, anything, right. It could be reading some text. It could be right, right. attending a workshop. Um, and probably the one I'm forgetting is the one that I need right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I haven't looked at the list in probably a year or two. It was something that I was refer as a practice that I was referencing regularly. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on. What on a cool idea, right? To, to really get to know ourselves and kind of understanding what those areas are. Keep very yeah. simple list on a daily basis and yes. just check and then kind of allow him hearing that you just kind of allow your intuition, kind of use what wisdom, whatever it was to kind of keep track of it. Or was it more like a planning part of your schedule? What, I mean, I would I built, imagine I different people all. in different ways. Yeah, I built them all into my day. I was gotcha. conscious about those things. Um, See, I put on a, on, a, on a schedule. In terms of routines, yeah. You know, some of it, I was thinking about how do you sustain yourself? Some of it is as basic as um, learning to work your schedule better. So I've just gotten progressively better at scheduling and how I, how I schedule things. Ooh, any tips? Uh, benefit from that. You know, your schedule reflects your priorities. So, um, so, so a lot of people make to-do lists, but then they don't get the things done. And it's simply because they never move things from their to-do list to their schedule. Just because I have to do something doesn't mean I'm going to get it done. Once it's on my schedule, I'm going to get it done. That's, because, a, that's a great distinction. To-do list and daily schedule. And a calendar, right. It's easy to make a to-do list. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's a little trickier to, to figure out how to schedule things. 
So if something's not showing up in my life that I need, I'm either not prioritizing it or not scheduling it. And sometimes that can be the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to prior in order if I need to manifest something, then I need to prioritize it and I need to schedule it. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty right. obvious when you say it, right? Yes, but not everything. I mean, a to-do list can be all all different hypothetical things that could be manifested, but they're not necessarily in alignment with your priorities right. or not. Yep. So having that distinction, I think that is a very helpful way of thinking yeah. framework. Yeah. Yep. And another thing that I've worked with, and I don't do it as much anymore, but I'll still sometimes do it if things start to feel overwhelming or if I'm working with a client, is the mind dump where you just have so much going on. You get out a piece of paper and you put everything on the paper. So it's all out of your mind and it's on the paper. That's step one. And then step two is you go through that and you put a one next to anything that's immediate and requires your attention. And then you look at, you go through a second time and you put a two next to anything that's soon, but it's not immediate. It's soon. And then number three are things that can wait. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's my system as well, John. Yeah. Amazing. Now, Now, if you look at your list and you have so many things with one next to them, then you've got a problem. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Then you have too many things that require immediate attention and what that means is you're going to have to run the your engine harder than it's designed for and that's what burnout is if you think of a motor or an engine if you run it harder than it's designed for right if you if you exceed its capacity it burns out it starts to burn smoke and you know the engine will literally burn up that's right and there's a sense of that makes a lot of sense that we many times it's easy to forget that we as human beings, we do have a capacity. We do have a limit to our capacity. We're not just infinite beings that can do everything that we want. There is a capacity and there's such a discernment and wisdom to kind of know what our limits are. Yes. So so get this, Iwana, this is the first year after 15 or 20 years of of seeing clients in, in the mental health field and coaching where I actually set, I thought about what's the number of clients I want to see in a week and set that number. And then when I reach the number, my week is full. Now that sounds obvious. What I did before was I, I received requests and thought about how many people needed or wanted to see me and how many could I squeeze in. Right, and just look into holes into your yeah. calendar, and right. Yeah, because yeah, because if I squeeze if I squeeze people in, I could probably see twenty people in a week. Mm-hmm. The number of people I want to see in a week that's that's healthy for me is eight to ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot. Right. So there are days when I have two appointments scheduled, two clients, and that day is full. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like, well, how do you do that? And not everybody works for themselves, so not everybody sets their own schedule. And I still think that it's possible to, to apply that in some way, even if you're working for someone else or even at night or on the weekends, how many, how many nights during the week can you really have a commitment mm-hmm. where you're out mm-hmm. of the house or where you have agreed to do something or right. late in know, the evening or yeah, that's right. That's right. What's a realistic way of living and being in the world with, with any 
anything. So let's say you want to have uh, friendships and a social life. How many friends can I see in a week, realistically? Mm -hmm. And kind of checking your energy level, right? You check, you try things, mm -hmm. you check your energy level. Is that how you do it? Yeah, and experience of yeah. over scheduling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to your stress level. So if I'm waking up in the middle of the night. And I got a lot on my mind. I'm probably overscheduled. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I need to pay attention to that. Yeah. And this is yeah. where. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's yeah. And I think this is where the brain dump can be very helpful, right? As your mind is going really uh, yes. over busy and then put it all in. And yes, if everything is one a priority, that means they're either we're over scheduling, right? We're, we're, uh, we're mm -hmm. really committing to too many things, or maybe we think it's a priority, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone else's priority, but not ours. And yes. that could be a discernment. Yes. Yes. And the more that I do the things that I really love and make choices that way, it just all works better also. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was going to make a distinction too, that I think is has been somewhat helpful. Another sort of, it's a nugget is the difference between being overwhelmed and being busy. Mm -hmm. Say more about that. Um, being overwhelmed is, um, is a thought. Being busy is having a lot on your schedule. So well, just yeah, because- Yeah, leave us a thought and feeling. Is that what you're saying? Right, so overwhelmed means that things it's it's a feeling that things are unmanageable mm -hmm. i'm overwhelmed i've got more than i can deal with actually is that true right right kind of like it, an inner story yeah it could be an inner story that this is overwhelming this is too much i'm you know you start to feel um yeah you just feel like you're you're starting to get drained, but it may be a mindset issue. Mindset is really important. Sometimes when I have a day where I have a lot going on, I might think, oh, this is going to be overwhelming. This is too much. If I, if I take another look at it, I can just say, well, this is just going to be a pretty busy day doing lots of things that I love and I'm ready. Yeah. You know, and then there may be other days where I don't want to be so busy. I don't want to constantly be that busy. But it's not necessary to be overwhelmed for me just because I'm busy. Right. If I, if I stay in the moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So shifting the lens, shifting the perspective. Um, I teach a lot that uh, box um, exercise that we've done, that you've, you've um, trained us in the psychosynthesis training, kind of feeling in a box and kind of having one perspective versus switching and thinking, oh, what could be a different perspective on this? And I'm sensing that, correct me if I'm wrong, that that's what you're saying. I could feel I have, there's a story, these feelings or thoughts. It could be true or not, but it's worth checking Ooh, and check it with the reality. Right. That's right. Yeah. Your story, your reality, um, sometimes just reframing things a little bit mm -hmm. can help um, I think mindset in general is huge. In psychosynthesis, we talk about subpersonalities, uh, and that's related to the idea of a mindset. Um, so, those, so 
if, if we're starting to feel overwhelmed and burnt out, I think it's important and valuable to pay attention to what are the forces within my own psyche that are creating burnout. Yes, yes. And just to clarify, if someone is not familiar with psychosynthesis, subpersonality doesn't mean like we have multiple personalities. It just means that there's a different versions of ourselves. I almost see them like in different ages and different, like my younger versions of myself in different sequence. Internal family system, those are parts, you know, part of me wants this, part of yeah. me wants that. So that idea that there's not what you're saying, right, about the forces within that might bring forth those stories or Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are aspects or patterns or yeah. Yeah. within our personality structure that can dominate and control us. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if I have a perfectionist pattern, then it's going to be easy for me to get overwhelmed because everything I work on has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So if I can disidentify from that pattern, then I can say good enough, then I can move on. Right. Then I can structure my day differently if I can operate independently of any perfectionist tendencies. Yeah, that's a great well, example. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, even like if I have a huge to-do list, that's really not a problem. It's only a problem if I think I have to get it all done today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, that's a mindset question. That's a, that's a, that's a personality pattern. It's hard for some people to relax unless they have every single thing done. Right, right. And probably it would matter also how long a task is. I might have 20 things to do, but if they take 10 minutes, that's a different story. If that one of my items on my to-do list might take two, three hours and I need to think and yes. brainstorm yes. problem solving, right? Or Right. And so that's another scheduling thing that I do. I set aside every day blocks of time for things where I can devote more intense creativity and attention to mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And then I have periods of time where I can just check things off a list. Yeah. So, so maybe between, you know, the first part of the day, I start my day, maybe up until 11 o'clock in the morning, I have more or less undisturbed time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not going to pay the bills or respond to email during that time. I have a chunk of time for working on a writing project. So maybe 11 o'clock. And then I always, I always schedule in breaks too. I'm a big fan of um, taking an in-breath during the day mm -hmm. because once you've, essentially been working on things that's the out breath mm -hmm. so then there has to be an in breath so even with scheduling clients if one client ends at one o'clock the next client doesn't begin at one o'clock the next client begins at 115 or 130 mm -hmm. so you have so time that I have, that in breath yeah, so yeah. right and it's and it's still it can be challenging like did i eat lunch today <laughs> you know you're like we're always in, we're always on the move you know Yes. And that's such a nice, uh, another nugget to kind of think through the day in terms of the out breath and the in breath pouring out versus refueling in a sense and keep that always in balance and scheduling through the day. Yes. Where are the spaces in the day? Yeah. Yeah. And also in the week, where is there unscheduled time? Cause mm -hmm. I don't want to, I, I need to have unscheduled time as well as I don't want to just get better and better at scheduling to the point where my schedule is running my entire life. Right, right.
because that's where the create all the unscheduled. This is where creativity might come in, or new ideas, or new, new whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, that's good. It's good. You know, it's it's a much better balance and flow for me yeah. now than, mm -hmm. than I ever remember mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all this and uh, yeah. Yeah. wrap up soon. Is there any other things that you would want that's important either about what you're doing or your offerings or any other nuggets or anything yeah. else to kind yeah. of feel this round and complete you know, yeah. conversation? I, mean, I would say there's two things. One is a, is a principle and one is a practice. The principle is the principle in psychosynthesis of having one's primary identification with the self mm -hmm. rather than with projects or responsibilities. And the self is the, the essential self in psychosynthesis is a center of awareness and will. Mm -hmm. So awareness and will or choice that throughout the day, whatever our schedule is, whatever is being required of us. And sometimes we can't control all of our circumstances. What we do always have and what we can return to is how we orient towards our circumstances, whatever they are, and the events of our lives through our own awareness and through our choice. Mm -hmm. So that, that is the source of a lot of personal power and agency. And it allows us to be um, less of a victim and more of a conductor as we go through the day, you know, that we can lean into anything with intention, with choice and with awareness. So that's, that's, that's the premise. That's the, that I work from. Um, and then the, 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 pra the other practice I was going to share, and I had made a note about this before we started was Asajoli developed a practice that he called waking up twice which I love. And he said, yes, I referenced that in my course. Absolutely. Lovely. Yes. Do you want to describe it for us? Do you want to say what you remember? Oh, you, you do it. <laughs> so he said, you know, when you first wake up, you, you wake up to your physical body, you're awake, you, you become aware of your surroundings. And then you start to think about your day and all the things you have to do and your to-do list and what you're going to do that day. He, so he said, that's one level of waking up is to your immediate circumstances and, and responsibilities. He said, don't get out of bed right away. He said, there has to be a second awakening. And the second awakening isn't, again, it's not to all the doing of the day. It's, it's waking up to what do you want to experience during the day? What do you want to experience? Uh, it's more about being. Mm -hmm. So you connect with, again, your those spiritual qualities like um, flow, patience, generosity, um, uh, goodwill. So, so you, you, you tune in to whatever on that qualitative level resonates with you. And so that's just as much an intention as the to-do list, as the to-be list, mm -hmm. that may I go through this day with a sense of love and generosity. 
Yes, and it links to exactly what you're saying earlier in terms of orientation, right? You orient and allows for that gap where there's choice. Yes, right, right. How can I lean into this next part of my day with patience or equanimity, whatever it is that feels yeah. like it's within you? That's right. And so then you have this feeling of going through your day, both being and doing, mm -hmm. that you hold both both of those intentions. Mm -hmm. And I love it that you're saying it as intention. Do you also check at the end of the day, kind of wrapping up? Um, uh, there is, there is a circle back. Yeah, yeah. There's a practice called the evening review and psychosynthesis where you go back over the course of the day um, just to kind of check in with yourself on, on what you experienced, any difficulties, what you were able to accomplish, both in terms of doing and being. Mm -hmm. uh, did I did I spend time with people in the way that I like to? Mm -hmm. So maybe I got everything done, but I was but I was presumptuous and and unfeeling, you know. Right, right. Or or, you, is, or maybe. You know, there. You know, I got I got the shopping done at the Brattleboro Co-op, but I was insensitive to people around me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And here's when we want to pay attention to our self-critic, subpersonality, or part, right? That might get triggered, or activated, to use in more of a growth mindset as opposed to fixed mindset. Oh, I did this something wrong. I'm ashamed. I feel bad about myself. But moving yeah. into learning from this, would that be fair to say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's not, it has nothing to do with criticism. It's more, more assessment sitting with your experience yeah. rather than judging it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's really, yeah. Good. I would say that that kind of wraps, wraps it up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's so true that in many, I don't think in, in psychological methodologies, we talk so much about the reviews, but I know in spiritual traditions, many spiritual traditions kind of have an end of the day kind of summary and reviewing and, um, but it makes also sense psychologically, right, to have some sort of wrapping up and really um, come to a full circle in the consciousness. Yeah. 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 Really paying attention to how did I live this day? Mm -hmm. Did I you know, can I identify some of the ways that I lived today that felt really like they resonate with me? I lived the way I want to be living. And were there other instances where maybe not so much? And, and what was happening in those moments? And, and what can I learn from that? Like you said, yeah. so, so again, to, come, to bring it all the way back around mm -hmm. so that it's part of my own ongoing cycle of self-development and and my own potential to become the best version of myself that I can, not a perfect version. Yes, yes. So just, but but the best version. So to summarize, it's not like there's several threads. I just want to name them for our listeners. So there's a sense of being and doing, and that mm -hmm. kind of intention with second waking up and moving through completing towards the day there is also a sense of noticing in in ourselves what are 
our needs, which will be different from person to person. I mean, obviously there are some universal needs, but there will be some differences, but knowing what those needs are and paying attention, being intentional throughout the day that we yeah. keep track of them. And it, it doesn't have to be five, it could be three, it could be six, whatever the number is for each person. Yes. And there was also a set, but I, I like yours, your categories. Uh, and that, uh, was it biojet? No, injection. What was that? <laughs> I, I called it biocharging. Biocharging and spiritual infusion. And there was the a connection. And creativity. Creativity, yes. Yes. And there was something else that you share. I mean, there's just so many nuggets in here. Um, there was a sense of also not just addition, but also subtraction. Let's keep our right, mouths little... straight, right? That we, we are finite beings. Let's know our limitations in order to actually grow and fulfill our potentials and yes. stay within that. Otherwise, we're going to be like, I love that image of an engine of a car. This is going to be overcharged. Um, going to overheat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then some of the practical tools like schedule, the difference between a to-do schedule, list yeah. and schedule. I love that. Right. right. You can dream big with your to-do list, but be practical with your schedule. Yes. And put in areas downtime or unscheduled time, knowing that there's a need for transition, need for refueling, need for other things. So it's not back to back to back to back. And there was yeah. the in-breath and the out-breath. Yeah. Yeah. Good summary. Okay. Yeah, I was so glad that you you you've uh, really showed up and shared all those nuggets. It's they're really beautiful, and um, it's I could see uh, how I got lots of uh, training uh, and overlap with you, John, because many of those things I teach in a different way. So it's really nice to hear how you conceptualize them and how you bring them forth. So, yeah, thank you so Wonderful. much. Yeah. Was there anything else before we wrap up? Um, just that I enjoyed seeing you, being with you, and um, being a part of this conversation with you and your and your audience. Uh, so thanks for uh, the invitation again for bringing me in to to have have a chance to to um, to be here with you. Absolutely. I think you have so much to offer and um, such an inspiration. So I'm really glad that you're able to come today. It's so, so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so delighted to have been here with John in this space. Thank you, John, so much. And right after we're done, John, remember his fifth thing. It was get things done. So his five needs that he's following through was for creativity, connection, get things or stuff done, biocharging, and soul infusing. Thank you, John, for today's presentation. And thank you, everyone, for being in this shared space and time. And until next time, I say goodbye for now.